uh, the wonderful song got another nice old going over on uh, on Saturday night. Welcome to episode two of the Big W Podcast. I'm Kevin Hillier, Mitch Brown is with me, great to have you uh, again and uh, we're happy as a pig and you know what, aren't we? We certainly are Kev, thank you, good to be here and uh, yes, very happy after back-to-back wins to open season 2019. Now the Big W Podcast of course is brought to you by the Australian Building Company, home building made easy from Skybus, fast, frequent and affordable airport transfers and Cryo Waste Management, 1300 267 4698 cryowm.com.au Coming up, Mark Williams is going to join us and also we'll have a chat to the president of the footy club as well, Martin Carter. But a couple of things going on around the club I wanted to mention. One is coming up this week. Hopefully you'll hear this before the actual masterclass happens on Wednesday uh, between 9 and 3. Mickey Barlow, uh, he was uh, in the huddles and uh, on the bench on the weekend. He does have a broken jaw. He does have a big plate in his face, but uh, he's going to be part of this uh, big masterclass on Wednesday. Yes, which is good news because it's uh, it's a real opportunity to build on the the wonderful work that's gone on last year. There were the two masterclass sessions last year run by our community development manager, Chris Gallagher, and with the involvement of some of the senior players. And uh, and, yeah, really a roaring success. So um, to have Mick involved this year and, and Jeff Andrews as well. Um, hopefully we can take that to another level and help some talented young local footballers um, hone their craft. All the uh, all the details are on the on the website and on the Facebook page, so check it out. The Easter Junior Masterclass is one of the big things that's uh, going on. Hopefully you get to hear uh, this before it happens on Wednesday from uh, from nine o'clock, and there might also be a special guest popping in as well as Mickey Barlow. Not I'm that hearing some rumours, Kev, but uh, we'll keep that quiet for now. Now we also should talk about the game coming up this weekend. We've had two at home already. The third of our trilogy of opening games of the season is a big one because it's a double header this weekend. Yes, that's right. So obviously it's it's Werribee Geelong from two o'clock, but then we have uh, we have the earlier game. And uh, remind me, Kev, who's playing in the earlier it's game? North Melbourne and Essendon. North. Melbourne. Melbourne and Essendon. Right, so uh, yeah, two games there. Obviously, uh, Easter Saturday are uh, going to be a big one. It's turned into a bit of a tradition, the uh, the Werribee-Geelong uh, Easter weekend clash, albeit it's been on the Sunday the last two years and, and down at Torquay. So maybe a slight home ground advantage for uh, for Geelong there. Uh, so the opportunity to be able to play them at Avalon Airport Oval for the first time in quite a few years, uh, an exciting one, and um, yeah, one that uh, all of the Werribee faithful should be looking forward to. And the really interesting thing about Geelong is uh, we've had... Uh, really close battles with them. Uh, the, the Easter Saturday games have been fairly reasonably close over the last couple of years. I remember going down to GMHBA Stadium as it's known now, but I think back it might have been skilled the last time we played down there or whatever it was, Sim, might have been Simmons Home Stadium at that time. And another it was a, a less than a goal, I think, in the end. So they're, they're good close games. You'll get to see a lot of uh, the uh, the Geelong AFL talent running around. Uh, Oscar Brownless and a few of those boys will be running around for the Geelong boys. So uh, And we've got uh, we've got a team that's in pretty good form with the, uh, with the Werribee boys at the moment so looking forward to looking forward to a very good clash on uh, on Saturday Saturday afternoon footy who'd have thought it (laughs) two o'clock at uh, Avalon Airport Oval and the early game at 11 o'clock between uh, North Melbourne and Essendon should be a beauty as well Um, so look forward to that Uh, coming up though we've got Martin Carter on the way soon but uh, let's have a chat to the senior coach Senior coach of the Warby Football Club, Mark Williams, joins us again for our second podcast. Choco, another good win by the boys. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was a bit of a danger game coming up uh, against uh, a non-aligned side, which, uh, you know, uh, people can easily take the foot off the pedal. But uh, I thought they, uh, they'd come ready to play this week. So it was a great start for the game. 
Uh, yeah, it certainly was, Mark. Uh, Mitch here. Uh, Ryan Kemp, um, a player who uh, who really caught the eye early in the game, uh, I thought. Three goals, a fantastic story there, and, and probably the individual story of the day. Um, the Wimmera, where he comes from, not really uh, a, a strong recruiting zone for us previously. Um, can you give us a little bit of background on um, on how that all came about, him coming to the club and, and his story playing his first game? <laughs> Uh, I got no idea, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, there you people, go. People, t- people turn up. Uh, uh, maybe, uh, let's say Mark Stone got into the club. Oh, I really don't know. There's someone, you know, someone tells someone and someone hears about it and, uh, uh, you know, then they do some investigating. Uh, but when it comes to the club, um, you know, he certainly had uh, some traits that uh, looked like he, he'd be able to play and he'd come with a... Uh, a bit of a story to say there's a goal kicker, which is always something you need in your in your list. So, you know, he had a, a few opportunities and took the most of them the, the other night. It was great to see his parents come down, you know, coming from um, Horsham, you know, it's a fair way away, having driven to and from Adelaide all my life, you know, Horsham's about halfway and uh, it's a fair way away. So, um, you know, for him to have to uh, drive down and, come to training all pre-season it was a huge commitment for him and uh, you know it's paid off for both him and us uh, right now so you know all credit to him for his dedication and uh, and uh, you know foresight to uh, to have a have a go and you know uh, we've uh, welcomed him with open arms yeah, a fantastic individual story the other night, but um, the overall story really seemed to be one of the team a lot of guys really stepping up in the absence of uh, Michael Barlow and Michael Sotomarco. Yeah, it was, it was not a great uh, thing to, uh, you know, win a, an impressive win in the first round and then lose three players, including Baxter Norton as well. So, uh, you know, we had to make those changes and uh, all credit to the three that came in. And uh, at the same time, uh, the rest of the others had to step up as well. So, uh, you know, it was a pretty good uh, t- team effort, I thought, overall. And, uh uh, you know, I thought uh, Dane McFarlane was uh, pretty influential from uh, from the back and certainly uh, rebounded well. Um, and I thought Joe Mashman through the the midfield uh, added some real spice and uh, excitement out of uh, out of stoppage. So uh, they uh, they uh, got the ball going inside 50 for us. And uh, you know, I thought uh, Jake um, Riccardi uh, played a hell of a lot better this week and. Nailed a couple of good goals as well. Mark, the uh, the form of the big blokes, uh, Clark and uh, and Berry, has that been a surprise to you, or is it an area that you thought might be a struggle for the for the side, or is it uh, you've been pleasantly surprised by what you've seen so far? Uh, look, uh, both of them had limited pre-season, so that was the major concern that uh, you know not quite sure what we're going to get. That uh, you know, each week they're building on it, so that that's uh, great. They were they work well in tandem and. Uh, you know, cause a bit of problems up forward as well. So, uh, yeah, we're we're really delighted. But uh, you know, there's a hell of a long way to go, and we uh, we need to keep improving in that area. The development of the game plan and the style of play that uh, that you brought to the table and the team's executing. You happy with the way that's being executed? Yeah, you know, coaches are never really happy. Uh, I was just <laughs> Clarko the other day, you know, what the hell? You know, six six six, and how does that affect it? And uh, how can you? How can you slow the momentum of one side when you you know you might be two or three up and it's quite difficult to um, you know get everyone on the same page and uh, so you know each week we uh, we tinker around you know the the other coaches always um, you know having some input into what we need to do um, uh, Nick Gaffey's 
you know, pushing along with our ball movement stuff and uh, and Jeff Andrews with our team defence. So, you know, you always, uh, which one are you trying to improve on? You're probably trying to improve on both at the same time, but uh, it, it tends to be, um, you know, if we're kicking uh, 100 points every week, I, I think we'll be pretty happy. Mark, uh, you made a big point, uh, certainly the uh, bits of the quarter-time uh, speech I heard about, the, the two-hand passes, then the kick. Is that is that the uh, the ratio that you want to see the team have as a, a you know, a stock-standard way that we go about uh, playing? Oh, no, no. It's a little bit of uh, situational. I think it's just, um, you know, if you feel like you're, you're flicking it around too many times and the ball's, you know, uh, inviting pressure on the next handball to the, the next person that... Uh, you probably should kick it prior to that. So it's having a feel mm. of uh, the game situation, how much pressure is on from the opposition and how much, uh, you know, what what the score is, in fact. So, you know, players can, uh, you know, there's a there's a you know, game plan, this is what you need to do, but it's always uh, has to be a bit fluid given the fact that, uh, you know, there's an opposition and what are they doing to us? And, uh, you know, if they're doing this, we need to react in a different way each time. So... It's um, you know, it's not, it's not a hey, it has to be at this particular ratio. Um, but uh, if there's a lot of pressure, you can't keep handball on the ball all the time. More a feel for the game at the time rather than a strict kind of a, you know do it by the numbers type deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, you're back home. This Saturday, uh, Easter Saturday against Geelong, uh, always a big challenge coming up against an AFL Alliance side there. But um, I suppose you've had the chance to have a bit of a look at them through the, the practice match phase. What did you learn about Geelong as a side through that? Uh, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. You know, um, Obviously, they change a little bit with their uh, ins and outs from the AFL side. And, uh, you know, with their AFL side lo- losing, they might drop a couple back. It would be uh, pretty... Uh, intent in getting back into their senior side so all of those factors come into it but um uh you know we were competitive against them a few weeks back but uh you know i imagine they're going to step it up a hell of a lot more than that so uh, we have to try and match that with uh once again without those uh key players in our side so uh, it'll be a huge test but uh you know, I think the the crowds will keep building week after week, and uh, with some good results, uh, hopefully, you know they're reading in the star, and uh, everyone in the area is coming down, and and uh, we can get um, you know a great um, at least half the crowd barracking for us. Obviously, Geelong people come down, and they want to see their their players play, so it'd be nice to outnumber them and uh, give us. Uh, uh, a lot of noise when we're, we're we're going forward and doing some good things. And from a spectator point of view, an entertaining uh, game to watch on the weekend. Uh, nice and open, uh, plenty going on, and uh, playing a really attractive style of footy that I think people are going to enjoy watching if they come down and have a look. Yes, we we certainly know we're in the uh, the game of entertainment. We're not here to bore people, and uh, uh, you know. Um, but uh, all footy heads, uh, they love to have uh, a winning side going around. So. Um, Whatever it takes, we'll uh, we'll try and deliver a win t- as well. What's uh, what's the thrust of uh, this coming week for the for the boys on the track? Uh, well, I, th- I think uh, everyone's um, probably needs a, a bit of a lighter week this week. I think uh, just to freshen them up a bit. So um, uh, we'll see how we go. You know, obviously uh, with Easter around and families and all that stuff is important as well. So uh, um, we want to. 
you know what we do do it well but uh, you know just don't have meetings and uh, and training for too long so the players uh, are pretty sharp when they get there next Saturday. How about yourself, Mark? Did you get a chance to blow out some cobwebs on the weekend or were you pouring over tape after tape? Yes, tape takes a long, long time, but I did get out to have a hit of golf and I was um, delighted to be able to wake up this morning and watch the last nine as the, uh, the Masters and see uh, old Tiger Woods get up. And, you know, I, I was... Um, uh, watching um, Jason Day as well. You know, he wasn't far away from winning himself. So anyway, it was pretty exciting golf. I just love to see, uh, you know, whatever the sport is in the moment, who can handle the pressure and uh, deal with the situation. And, you know, I think you keep learning all the time in those situations. So um, it, it was nice to see it, uh, it live this morning. Yeah, it's always good to watch a champion no matter what the sport is. Uh, once again, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, look forward to Saturday night. Oh, Saturday afternoon. I'm so used to Saturday night. I look forward to Saturday after a Saturday afternoon game of footy. That'll be a bit of fun this week. Sure will. I'd love to see everyone down there again. And uh, thanks for giving us a call. And we'll look forward to next week. W Podcast with Kevin Hillier and Mitch Brown and uh, joining us now is the President of the Werribee Football Club, Martin Carter. Hello, Martin. How are you? Hello, Kevin. Hello, Mitch. How are you doing? We're going well, and I'm Very sure well. you're going well and smiling too. Two wins, uh, two games, uh, all good. Yeah, I'm a little bit tired at the moment. I watched Tiger Woods win the, the Masters uh, for about four and a half hours, but we keep rolling on after a resounding win by Werribee on uh, Saturday night against one of our arch-rivals, Coburg. So it's been a good weekend. Uh, Martin, wanted to, uh, let's talk about, the, uh, the I guess, the, the really important things first up and uh, we want to get to some business around the club uh, shortly. But let's talk firstly about, and you mentioned this in your speech on Saturday night at the, uh, at the pre-game dinner, the, uh, the AFL stroke VFL, whichever the governing body is at the moment, uh, have actually finally come out and made a statement about the future of the competition and the clubs involved in it. Can we, can we discuss where that sits with you and with the club? Yeah, it's a, a private statement which was issued by the AFL, which has since gone public, and they've given us the imprimatur to do that. It was issued by Tristan Salter, who's Head of Talent Pathway and Competitions, he reports through to Stephen Hocking. For about 18 months now, we've been asking what was uh, AFL Victoria to issue us with a statement, given some of their verbal requirements and verbal commitments that the competition was very vibrant, obviously dependent upon development as well as being competitive. Um, we've been in discussions with uh, Tristan since the change of management overall to at the AFL, which we think is a very extremely good thing to have happened. Um, that took place late January. So we've been in discussion with him about our licence agreement. We've now signed our licence agreement. And what the statement actually says, and I read it out Saturday night, is quite simply the competition will remain in its current form for the foreseeable future. So that's to say if there's any change to be made to the competition as such, and we keep referring to or we hear rumours about AFL reserves, but if there's any change to be made, we will be consulted and engaged in that process. Do you feel I did also mention Saturday night that uh, it's all dependent upon us being viable, that's financially viable, uh, and being competitive on the field. 
does that does that bring a level of comfort to and and does it? I mean, I don't think we ever quash the innuendo in the in the era that we live in with social media. You'll never quash that. But does that give a level of comfort to yourself and the board to pass on to the members that uh, that we are? I mean, we know we're viable, but we are in a viable competition as a viable member of that competition. I think it does for the foreseeable future, Kevin. And I've spoken to a number of different parties, stakeholders, and the like. Uh, it lets them know that we're here to stay. We are the big W and, and really being aligned to the fastest growth corridor in Australia, the city of Wyndham. Um, tremendous opportunities are presented through us being in the city of Wyndham and being able to communicate the fact that we're here for the long haul representing our community. One question that did come up on, on Saturday night, and we discussed it on stage with Bruce Montgomery, a former president of the club, and uh, as we know, a man who was very heavily involved in saving the club when we almost went under at the end of 95. Um, that development part of the uh, of the organisation and, uh, and and getting that whole of club uh, experience going on, uh, what, what would you want to have a, a bit of a chat about that? Uh, yeah, I can take you through it. Um, the board for the past two years have been looking at women in sport in particular, and that would involve a, a women's team. We know the demise of the development competition took place. Um, we're very keen to set up our own women's team, but the timing's got to be right. Yep. So that's a whole of club and whole of community approach. At the moment, we support uh, the WRFL in the women's competition side as well. We just, we just got to have the feel for when the timing is right because there's financial resources involved here. I won't quote which other standalone club, but they've told us that they've spent $150,000 per annum on their VFLW side. And are they competitive? Perhaps not this season because the best players obviously end up at the, the prime clubs and play AFLW, not VFLW. So we're putting the structures in place supporting the local clubs to be able to do our own thing when the timing's right. Yep. I guess the other part of that, which uh, which was talked about on Saturday night, and, and I know we've talked about it at, at club level for a long time, is getting that under-18 team and maybe a rezoned under-18 team into the area because we, we rely on the, the Geelong Falcons as our under-18 uh, sort of farm system. And that, that's obviously got some uh, some question marks over it just in terms of getting those boys up the highway to, to come and join us. The ones that do come up have a great time and have a great career and some have been, you know, redrafted and uh, drafted into the AFL. But uh, there is that sort of sticking point, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There certainly is. In the ideal world, um, we would have the Western Jets playing out of uh, Avalon Airport Oval and our Churnside Pavilion as such. There's a lot of work being done behind the scenes to, to try and get our own under-18 team. Um, I, I really can't say more than the fact that we're lobbying hard and we see no reason as to being the city of Wyndham why we wouldn't attract our own under-18 team as such. Martin, Mitchie, you talked before about the um, the viability of the club and that we're, we're fortunate enough to be in a good position, but um, but the future of standalone clubs um, probably in in the VFL competition, you would imagine, relies on um, uh, them being stand uh, sorry viable um, a, as a whole rather than uh, one or two clubs. Um, is there an opportunity to work with uh, other standalone clubs, do you think, to, to ensure that uh, collectively um, all your interests are being served in the future of that competition? 
Yeah, it's a good question, Mitch. We're working closely with the other standalone clubs to look at best practice. And as late as last week, Mark Penaluna, our wonderful CEO, has been involved in a, a working party with the AFL to look at such things about where does the competition head, how do we help each other, and in particular the standalone clubs, how do they support each other and take away best practice uh, happenings. Moving away from that um, for a second, Martin, um, the board itself has had uh, a little bit of a, um, a shake-up lately, a couple of new additions to the team. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm really excited to say that we've had two recent additions to the team, Peter Mayor from Crow Horvath, who changed their name as of last week. Uh, I can't quite recall what they're called at the moment, but we know them as Crow Horvath. Peter's the chairman of uh, Committee for Wyndham, and his strengths are in the financial sphere. So he'll join us as, as more or less a succession plan for David Lyons, who's been our treasurer for nigh on 16-odd years consecutively, to, uh, for David to hand the reins over in future. Uh, we've also had Bernadette Innes join us from uh, her group, the Proven Group, and her skills are in human resources, uh, talent management, staff management, um, resumes, anything to do with, obviously, the human element of employment, Bernadette has expertise in. So it's really great to have two females on the board for the right reasons. That is Sam Hunter, who looks after community and women in sport and helping out with compliance and governance. So Sam's been with us a couple of years, and now Bernadette joining will obviously add that emotional intelligence side to to our board we're now number nine on the board nine people so we're looking at succession planning because we don't get any younger (laughs) and nowadays we need talent we need people with various skills and them to be able to implement not just share a vision of which we have pretty well down pat with our five-year strategic vision but they've got to be able to implement as well Martin, the tough, it's a tough sell to get someone to get onto a board. It's a, I mean, it's not a thankless task by any any stretch at all. It's a, it's very much an appreciated task, but it, it is a big ask to ask someone like uh, like Peter and Bernadette to, you know, who've got very busy uh, lives in business and very busy, uh, you know, personal lives to uh, to give up a what is an enormous amount of time and an enormous commitment to the football club. Uh, not a triple word was spoken, Kevin, but. I'm really pleased to say that they've come on board because they see our vision for the future. Yep. They may not have considered this last year, but this year with our, our change mentality, and that's from top down, bottom up, we're looking for sustainable success. The board, and as I said Saturday night, and key executives such as Mark and Stu embarked upon an aggressive recruiting policy and strategy, and that enabled us to recruit Mark Williams and also Michael Barlow, the yin and yang of of our club. And it's working extremely well at the moment. As you would have seen on our first two home games, we've got tremendous support with new members, new sponsors. We total just on 80 sponsors, which is more than any other club in the VFL. We see exciting times ahead. This is a three-year plan for success both on and off the field. And the facility... Um, and with change becomes trepidation at times. There's four stages to change. You've got denial initially. 
There are those at the club who deny that we need changing, resistance to change after they've got over the denial side. Then they get to the exploration of what is this change all about and they actually commit. That's the fourth phase. So it's, it's really exciting times at the Werribee Football Club, the big W. The facility, I wanted to mention that, uh, that uh, is, is an area that um, we're only, I guess, really starting to scratch the surface with what we can do with it as a, not only as a football venue, and it's obviously being used a lot there, but uh, also as a, as a venue for all sorts of, uh, of parties and uh, things that are going on at the club and uh, in terms of corporately as well. Yeah, you're right, Kevin. Uh, we opened the pavilion, the Chanside Pavilion, last year, April the 11th, so just over a year old as we speak. Uh, we've had citizenship ceremonies, we've had government workshops, we've had uh, on the ground itself, we had the the uh, Indians playing the Pakistanis and that was a raging success. There was about a thousand extra people that came to watch that, that match playing for the Dosti Cup. We've had uh, talent pathways with females and male sessions. Uh, the pavilion's also being used for other purposes. So as well as events and functions, we see it as a real community pavilion that can be used for a multitude of purposes. Our trademark that we're really proud to say that we established last month is all about leading our community with pride, uh, being driven for relentless improvement and showing care and respect and including everyone and having fun to a degree. I've got to say, it's been fun the last couple of weeks watching the boys run around too with a couple of wins. Uh, we can't not talk about the footy because uh, I know you love it. Uh, and it's uh, it's been a, a really good couple of weeks. Oh, it's been a fabulous couple of weeks. Uh, I, as I said, new members, new sponsors. We've got a couple of volunteers that have put their hands up. We could do with more volunteers. And I know that Mark and Mark as such are asking if you've got time to spare and you want to belong to something then please put your hand up and might be even cooking meals for the players on a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. It might be helping out on match day. It might be helping out on training nights. Anyone out there who's thinking of being a volunteer and feeling part of something special, please contact the club, Stu and Mark in particular, Penaluna. They'd love to hear from you. But it's really exciting, as I, as I keep saying. This is not an overnight success, um, but it is a successful journey that we're entering upon and there's going to be a lot of milestones we pass along the way. The first one being our first two victories at home, resounding victories, and the guys really playing as a united team. We've got a bit of depth this year. We turned over 24 or 25 players from last year, as well as 33% of our staff. So there is change, but it's positive change, and it's measured. That's the main thing. Yeah, certainly plenty of exciting things going on, both on the field and off the field. Uh, Martin Carter, president of the Werribee Football Club, thanks very much for, uh, for joining us today on the Big W Podcast, and we look forward to catching up through the year. The pleasure's all mine, and we'll see you at a game shortly. We'll see you at 2 o'clock on Saturday. We play our friends from Geelong.
All right, terrific to catch up with uh, both the senior coach and with uh, with our president, uh, Martin Carter, and a big weekend coming up at uh, at Avalon Airport Oval. We look forward to it uh, when we take on Geelong on uh, Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. going to be a very, very interesting game. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Geelong, as you've mentioned earlier, Kev, are always laden with AFL talent, so uh, that always presents a challenge, but um, but it's a challenge that um, I think any VFL player as, as part of a standalone club should look forward to and, and want to rise to. So hopefully that's the way that our guys are seeing it. Um, got a look at them during the practice match phase and, and were very competitive. Went down by about 15 points in the end after having an early lead. So uh, yeah, no doubt after two wins to open the season, they'll be uh, backing themselves and, uh, and looking to make it three in a row to start season 2019. And if the football's not enough incentive to get there, I do believe there will be chocolate uh, in some uh, form uh, floating around on Saturday. Uh, there's a few little bits and pieces going on. We've got, uh, obviously, the Oz kickers in at halftime as well. But there is, uh, I think, a little sort of Easter egg hunt that's going to happen on uh, on Saturday afternoon as well. Oh, well, I'll certainly be there now. Yeah, me too. I'm in for the chocolate. Don't worry about that. Not to mention Jimmy's uh, fabulous sausages on the barbecue too. I, I love that. And the hamburgers. I've got to say, the old uh, the old Werribee burger is, is getting better and better. Absolutely. The burgers again the burgers the other night went down very nicely yeah, had one of those uh, on Saturday night and thoroughly enjoyed it uh, hope to see you at the footy on uh, on Saturday afternoon don't forget the early game starts at 11 o'clock that's North Melbourne and Essendon then uh, our boys up against Geelong at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon all the news you need is up on our Facebook page on our Twitter and also uh, Instagram as well and of course the website werribeefc.com.au which uh, Mitch is the man who's in charge of all the stuff that goes up on there you'll see him doing the player of the week and uh, the Gordon player of the week and all sorts of things oh, going careful Kev They'll know who to blame now. Yeah, well, that's why I was doing it. Uh, That's, of course, the uh, Big W podcast for another week. Uh, We'll take next week off because of the Easter break, but we'll be back after that. And, of course, brought to you by the Australian Building Company, making the Great Aussie Home affordable. Once again, they've got a display home that you can check out at the New Haven Display Village at Tarnit. Skybus, if you're heading to the airport, fast frequent and affordable airport transfers right in the middle of Werribee. You can uh, jump on a Skybus bus. And Corio Waste Management, clean, efficient and sustainable waste management services. You can check them out at uh, corriowm.com.au. Thanks, Mitch. Have a great week. Thanks, Kev. Happy we'll, Easter. We'll see you at uh, Avalon Airport Oval Saturday afternoon at 2.